Well, good morning. If you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Peter chapter 2. Um, you know, Isaac, so great to see you. I love Isaac being here today. Isaac is, uh, uh, helps, uh, you go to Trinity, right? Yeah, so he leads worship with my son uh, often, almost every week, right? Every other week. We're so glad you're here, man. It's such a blessing to have you uh, with us. I'm actually grateful for Isaac today. You know, um, I love that little intro video because um, you realize that what Christ did on the cross, when he went to the cross, he changed us, and he, and he is continuing to work in us, and God used the cross to make us strong. And I don't know if you feel strong today, but do you know what God's word does for us? It strengthens us. It empowers us. It, God moves in us through his word. And, and Peter experienced that. We're, we're back in the book of 1 Peter, and we're going to finish the book of 1 Peter through the, through the rest of the summer. And um, I guess it's not summer yet, right? When does, it, when does summer start? June 21st? It feels like it gets a lot hotter before then, right? Um, but uh, I, I never can get those dates right. It feels like summer starts the second school's out, and my wife, my wife tells me that we're 15 days away. What are you guys? How many days? 26 days. Tulsa's that much more. Oh, man. Uh, 26. Y'all are... May 20th. Well, whenever it happens, man, we're pumped. It's summer, right? Um, and, um, but I'm excited about being in the book of 1 Peter. Now, remember, uh, you know Peter, right? You know who Peter was. Peter was the, the guy that Jesus called. Uh, and, and he, and he uh, called him from being a, a life of a fisherman. That's a good job, right? Fishing's cool. But, 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 you know, he called him to something bigger. And then Peter walked with Jesus, and he, and he led the disciples. And, and there was that moment that, that, that Jesus said to Peter, Hey, Peter, who do, you, who do people say that I am? And Peter said, Oh, well, Jesus, some people say you're like Elijah and some one of the prophets. But, but then Jesus looked at Peter and said, Peter, who do you say that I am? Remember that moment? Peter said, I know who you are. You're the Christ. And then, and then, and then Peter like believed in Jesus. He led, and, and he said to Jesus, "I'm going to defend you. I'm never going to leave you." And, and remember that moment that right before the cross, Jesus said to Peter, "Hey, you're going to deny me today, three times before the rooster crows." Peter's like, "No way." And then there was that moment in the in the arrest of Christ when when Peter, oh my goodness, I I I, I love Peter's reaction here. As Jesus is about to be arrested, and, and Peter's like, I got you, Jesus. And he pulls out his sword, and he starts, he's going to take on all those soldiers. That's the heart of Peter right there. He's like, bring it on, fellas. But then he ran. You know, he ran. He had that, that crazy moment where Jesus, Peter cuts Malchus's ear off in that moment. Jesus heals Malchus's ear, and he says, Peter, uh, put your sword up, and then, then he ran. Peter ran. And then, remember the story? Just a few hours later, he denies Christ. And the rooster crows three times. Remember what the Bible says about Peter? Right after the rooster crowed, and he realized, 
I, I, I denied him. The Bible says Peter wept. He's broken. And then I can imagine, just like we looked at on Easter, that, uh, you know, in, in Luke 24, Peter was crushed. He was devastated. And then, and then those ladies came to Peter, remember? Those, they came to him and said, hey, that we went to the grave. He's alive. He's not here. He's risen. And, and Luke 24, 8 says it seemed like an idle tale. Peter forgot. And then just a few hours later, as he's in that locked room with the disciples, um, they're, they're locked in a room on a second floor, and all of a sudden, Jesus goes through the locked door. And I've had people say, you know, hey, that's, that's silly. I mean, Jesus couldn't go through a locked door. And I'm like, dude, he just rose from the dead. A door's not a problem, right? I mean, come on, let's think about this intellectually. Um, you know, if, if you can rise from the dead, getting through a locked door that's no big deal, right? Come on. And it, can you imagine the first moment that Peter saw Jesus? The guilt, the shame. And Jesus didn't look at Peter and go, you bailed on me, Peter. He, he loved him. He walked with him. He forgave him. And that changed his life. And that's why no wonder Peter writes at the very first of First Peter, I want to remind you when we were in chapter one, he talked about the mercy of God. Praise be to the Lord, uh, God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ in his great mercy. He's given me new birth into a living hope. In chapter one, he says this. And, and, and see, Jesus changed Peter's life. And what Jesus did after, after the resurrection, he, he began to strengthen Peter. He began to use Peter. He began to call Peter. And, and, and now we see the book of 1 Peter is so very fascinating. I want us to remember kind of the, the main lessons we're, we're gonna see over and over again in the book of 1 Peter. We're gonna see over and over again how salvation is, a, is our greatest gift. You know that salvation, you can't earn it, right? You don't deserve it. And, and it can't be earned. Peter knew this. Peter knew that, that he couldn't do more good than bad and earn his way to heaven. Salvation is a gift. And, and you know what we're going to learn? That and we'll see this over and over again, how the Holy Spirit makes us strong. And the Holy Spirit, you know what it does? It helps us grow up. And, and, you know, today we're, we're going to look into chapter 2, how, how the Holy Spirit grows us, how the Holy Spirit moves us to, to live our lives that honors the Lord. Because we don't, we don't do good works so we can earn our way to heaven, but once Jesus saves us, once he comes into your life, we're moved to follow the Lord. We're moved to put his word into practice, and that's what we see. And we, we'll see over and over again in the book of 1 Peter how God helps us grow up. Now, let's remember when, um, you know, one of the, another lesson we'll see over and over again in the book of 1 Peter, that Jesus helps us in the face of a hostile culture. And, and, and here's what God does. When, when, the, when the culture and the world comes against us as followers of Christ, the Holy Spirit helps us. Now, we got to remember that Peter is writing to a church in persecution, now, we, we pray this team is going to go hang out with Jose Luis, who is facing some genuine uh, persecution in his life. And, and God has answered a prayer. Our prayer team, on, we have a group that prays every Wednesday night. We've been praying for Jose Luis, and a lot of people have been praying for him. And oh my goodness, God's answered a prayer. He's found a place to live. And God is at work because there was persecution. People weren't allowing him to live uh, in an apartment complex because he's a Christian. And, and look, um, 
persecution was the was normal for the audience of 1 Peter. It would be like this. It would be like uh, us coming to church on a, on a, on a Sunday, and, and that week Rob Rizzo had been killed for his faith. And, and imagine the feeling of that as we, as we see some of our, our, our church members just dying because they were followers of Jesus. That was what was going on in Pontus and Galatia and Cappadocia, Asia and Bithynia. That, that was the audience of, of Peter's, um, Peter's letter. So let's remember that. Let's remember the context here. Now look at verse 1 in chapter 2. Now, let's, um, let's stand and, and just look at verses, and let's read together verses 1 through 8, 1 through 8 today. Let's stand in honor of God's word, and just open your Bibles there, 1 Peter t- chapter 2, verses 1 through 8. Now, I'm going to be quoting it from the old NIV, but Peter writes, therefore, rid yourself of all malice and all deceit hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you've tasted that the Lord is good. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by men but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. To those who believe, this stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the capstone, a stone that causes men to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you. You may be seated. let's, Let's think about this passage. Now, Peter's writing to these believers, and he's like, look, we, we've got work to do. We've got to walk with the Lord. And so let me tell you, as we, as we grow up in our faith, you know, as you, as you come to know Christ, God moves us to, to grow up. You know, I don't know if I told you this, but in any day now, any, any moment, uh, uh, we're going to get a phone call from our oldest daughter, and it's game time, baby. Uh, the baby's coming. The ba- I mean, our granddaughter is literally any moment. Gonna, I, I almost thought um, I was going to have to tag team today because I got a text coming here from Emily. And I, and I was driving down the interstate, and I was like, whoa. And I was just trying to not, like, you know, you're not supposed to read text and drive. Okay. But it was Emily. It was Emily texting. She just needed an address. I was like, oh, come on, Emily. Don't mess with me like this. Um, and, um, but, but you know what? Our baby's going to be born. Grandbaby, yeah, sorry, sorry, grandbaby. I don't want to start any rumors, okay? Robin's right here. So, so y'all might be texting, hey, guess what? Congratulations, Robin. Um, but uh, our grandbaby is going to be born. Um, that would be called major counseling if Robin starts having uh, a um, but, 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 you know, um, Peter compares the, our walk with the Lord like a, like a, like newborn babies, we should crave milk so that we can grow up in our salvation. And you know what? These believers that were facing tough times, they were facing persecution, they needed to grow up. And, and hey, as a church, we need to grow up. We need to grow in our faith. 
We need to grow in our understanding of the Lord. We need to, we need to learn, uh, you know, how to, how to be mature believers. And in our, in our path to maturity, very clearly, the Bible says there's some things you need to get rid of. And do you know what, what, what they're going to do with our baby the second she's born? Uh, they're going to hook her up to these kind of machines and check her vital signs, right? Have you ever had your vital signs checked? Yeah, we have. We check our pulse. We check our health. And do you know what I see in this passage? Uh, I see a challenge, and point number one is this, that we need to monitor our vital signs. What are your vi- how are your spiritual vital signs? Look at verse one. Therefore, he says, rid yourself of all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind, like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Notice this, now that you've tasted that the Lord is good. Oh my goodness, he's good to us, isn't he? He's so good to us. And, and, and let's think about how, how this, this challenge, what is he saying to us? We need to confront personal sin. Right? As we grow up in our life, as we grow up in our faith, we've got to come face to face with our personal sin. Think about the, the magnitude of what Peter's asking. Think of how these believers would feel, the anger that they would feel, the frustration that they would feel as, as they're watching their friends and their fellow um, brothers and sisters be killed for their faith. Amen. You know what? I can relate to this. Because have you ever had somebody close to you attacked or hurt? Um, uh, You know, I've been there in that moment when one of my friends was, uh, was, you know, attacked. One of my favorite stories about my dad. My dad's ill right now. He's struggling. He's 87 and, and he's... And um, I was, uh, my dad's best friend told me a story the other day about my dad. Um, when they were in high school at Capitol Hill High School in Oklahoma City. And, and uh, uh, these, my dad's a little smart aleck. He always has been and a little rough around the edges. And, and, uh, and these four boys came walking through the locker room, Capitol Hill High School. And they said, um, hey, where's Esther Wall? And my dad's best friend turned around and goes, well, what do you want? He goes, we're going to whip him. And my dad's best friend turned around and he goes, well, you better start right here. And they didn't want to fight him, so they left, you know? But, but you know what? I can almost, there's a rightness on defending somebody. But I want you to feel this a minute. These believers were dying for their faith. And I bet there was a tendency to go, let's go get them. Let's go get some of those guys. But then Peter writes, oh, let's remember that these people that are persecuting us, these people that are coming against us, remember that Jesus died for them too. And that's why he says to this church, therefore rid yourself of all malice. You know what malice is, right? Malice is that that tendency that we want to bring harm to others. 
And, and, and God tells us as believers, look, look, we, we learn to love our enemies. We do good to those who persecute us. We do good to those who come against us. And boy, I, I felt that a little bit today as I thought about the context of this passage. Peter writes, rid yourself of all malice. Look, look we should not be malicious to others. Rid yourself of deceit, he says. As a follower of Christ, as we grow up in our faith, um, we, what is deceit? It's those untrustworthy practices. Our, 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 our yes doesn't mean yes. Our no doesn't mean no. Jesus said, no, no, no. That's not how it's supposed to be as a follower of Christ. You're to not be deceitful. Rid yourself of hypocrisy. You know what that is? That's, that's when we, where our lives aren't consistent. We, 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 um, we, Maybe give lip service to God, but then uh, when it comes out into the everyday life, we don't do that. You know, the Bible tells us we need to rid ourselves of that. All envy, he says. You, you know, that's that contentment. You know, that, that idea that I'm going to be content with what I have. I'm going to be content with where I am. I'm going to be tent, content with what God has called me to do. And, you know, we're to rid ourselves of envy. We're, we're to rid ourselves of slander. You know what slander is? That, that's that, um, that unwillingness to control your tongue. You know how easy it is to slander somebody or to not control your tongue? And I've had people go, I just can't, I can't control my tongue. Sure you can. We do it all the time, right? When we, yeah, have you ever been in with your family on your way to church and, and you've gotten in an argument in the car and you're like, rah, 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 and then you get out of the car and you're like, hello, brother, how you doing? Good to see you, you know, <laughs> amen. Good to see you. This is the day the Lord has made, right? You know, but, but we, 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 ha we do know how to control our tongue. And, and, the, and, and look, as we grow up in our faith, as we grow in our walk with the Lord, these are some things we need to get rid of. No, notice what the, what the Bible says here. Therefore, rid yourself of these things, right? Don't we always blame God? Uh, God, you, you got to help me. You got to get rid of this stuff. And he will help you. But, but look, you, you got some work and work to do. You're to rid yourself of these things. That spiritual development you see in this is, is it's intentional. And, and, and look, I want us to be intentional about our faith, and, and, and we got to be intentional. Notice verse, verse 4. Notice this, as you come to him. You might go, okay, well, how do I rid myself of these things? Well, come to him. As you come to him. As you come to the Lord. And isn't that amazing that we get to come to the Lord? Oh, my goodness. That, that's what we're doing today. You know, today we're, we're not just going through the motions of, of just a religious activity. No, what are we doing today? We're coming to the Lord. And, and isn't that amazing that you and I can come to the King of Kings and the, and the master of this whole place. And that's what the cross did. That's what, that's what strengthens us as we keep coming to the Lord. I want to challenge you, even when you make mistakes, don't ever stop coming to the Lord. You know what Satan wants to do to you? He wants to make you think you can't come to the Lord. You can. You can come to the Lord. 
You don't have to go through a priest or a preacher. Or That's the beauty of, of what Jesus did on the cross. When that curtain was ripped from top to bottom, he said, you can come to the Lord. And I'll tell you what, this morning, I woke up pretty early with some burdens on my heart. I was grateful that I could come to the Lord. And you know when I did that? I did one of the most spiritual things I could have done. I went back to sleep. I rested in his hand. And I just don't, I don't want us to overlook that as you come to him. And look what he says. Who do we come to? The living stone. Think about that. The living stone that was rejected by men. And we saw that, we see that on the cross. What was on the cross? Jesus was rejected by men, but chosen by God and precious to him. And then he says, you also. Now, this, is, this blows my mind. You also, like living stones. Okay, that's a cool picture. Okay, because, you know, sometimes I, I don't feel very strong. But then I remember, wait, the Holy Spirit is at work in my life. The Holy Spirit moves in me. The Holy Spirit strengthens me. And, and when we saw that little video of that forge, you know, when, when, and, and I love the, the imagery there. I don't want you to forget it but, or miss it, that here was the cross. Here was the destruction of Jesus. But yet, that, I love to hear the, the, the metal. It just sounds strong, doesn't it? Because God makes us strong. He, he calls us living stones. As you come to him, the living stone rejected by God, uh, rejected by men, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. You know, because of what Jesus has done, because he's forgiven us, because he's given us this gift of salvation, you know, we come to him and we stand before God with acceptable sacrifice. You know what that tells me? That there are unacceptable sacrifices. But when we let Christ grow us, when we, he moves us, look, um, man, there, we get to be acceptable. Look at verse 6. For in Scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone. And notice this. And the one who trusts in him will not usually be put to shame. Is that what it says? Oh, no, no. no. Will, will never be put to shame. Oh, you know what? That encourages me. I've had people in the, that don't know Jesus look at me and go, it's foolish for you to, you to trust in Jesus. You know what I've discovered? It's foolish for me not to. And, and I think back of how the Lord has moved in our lives, in our family, in our ministries. Do you know that we'll never be put to shame when we trust in Jesus? And you know what? When I look at what God's doing here, as, as God is building and forging 
to make sure that the gospel message does not cease to be proclaimed on this corner to this city. And I'll tell you what, do you know that our work for the Lord will never be put to shame? Notice that, no, remember that. When you go talk to Jose Luis, it's never going to be put to shame. Now, now look at the verse 7. Now, now to you who believe, this stone is precious. But to you who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the capstone. A stone that causes men to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. Do you realize if you disobey the Lord, if you, if you uh, dishonor the Lord, do you know that you're destined to stumble? You're destined for it. And you may have walked in the room today and, and you, you feel like your life is a continuous stumble. Come to Jesus. You know, no, remember the end of the Sermon on the Mount? Remember that, that last part of the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 7? Remember what Jesus said? He ended that great sermon by saying this. If you hear these words of mine and put them into practice, you're like a wise man who built his house on a rock, Right? The rains came, the winds blew, it beat against that house, and it did not fall. You know, that's what it looks like to, to follow Jesus. You, you, no matter what comes your way, no matter what changes, no matter what storms happen, look, you are, you're, you're a rock. You're built on a rock. You are a living stone. Now, how do we keep from stumbling? Four quick things. And one of the things I want to challenge us, and I just want to come in for a landing here with four quick practical things that I want to push you to. Look, this spiritual milk, what does that look like? We've got to strengthen the basics. That milk's the basics, right? Let, let's strengthen the basics in our lives. Let's work on the basics, right? Let's come back to the fundamentals of following Jesus. And, and when I think about the fundamentals uh, of, of your life, I, I want to I challenge you to, to understand what this milk looks like. It, if you're going to really grow up in your faith, your prayer life needs to be connected. And what do I mean by that? Your prayer is connected. Now, remember Luke 11, 1? Where Jesus said, Jesus was with his disciples, and they said, Lord, would you teach us to pray? That's such a fascinating question. I don't think I would ask that question of Jesus. I think I would have said, hey, Jesus, I want to know that, like, spit in the mud thing and, and like, like, blind thing. That's cool. Show me that. No, but they said, Lord, teach us to pray. Because I think that they looked at Jesus' life and said, and the power. Don't you know that God calls us to pray? And what is prayer? Prayer is interactive. Prayer is, is, is dynamic. It moves you. Prayer is specific. I want to ask you, what are you praying for right now? Let's begin to pray. And, and that's part of the basics. You know what? Let, let's, let's get time in God's word. You know, that's, that's part of the basics. Your prayer life is connected, but time in God's word is consistent. 
Look, we need the word of God. What, is, what does Psalm 119, 105 say? It says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And God sees you. God knows you. God walks with you. God, God invites you to come to him. You know, he, he speaks through his word. I said, come on out, man. There's two other things to, to grow up in our faith. Well, trust in God is evident. I want you to know you can trust the Lord. You can trust his word. You can trust his presence. You can, you can trust his heart, his love for you. Look, let's, let's take steps of faith. You know what? I drove here today. It's a step of faith. Lord, I trust that you're going to move today. You're going to speak today. You're going to lead today. Oh, can I just remind you, trust is evident. Trust in God is evident. That's, that's that milk. But do you know what else? Accountability is effective. This basics of, of our, our walk with the Lord, there's accountability in our life. You know, I'm grateful for accountability. You know, um, I'm grateful for deacons in our church to hold me accountable to walk with the Lord. For men, staff in this church to push me, hold me accountable to walk with the Lord. Folks, um, let's trust the Lord. I want to ask you a question today as we kind of wrap up. Do you believe in Jesus? Not just with your head, but with your life. Look, we're, we're called to this moment. We're called to this place. And hey, God is, is you know, I, I when I look at this world and the craziness of this world, the moral issues we're, we're, we're facing, the, 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 the downfall of our society that I see um, taking place, the, the, the challenges that are in front of us, I'm encouraged because it's us that are living stones, that God is building a spiritual house You know, this is really cool. Robin and I spoke at a marriage or a, fam, a parent conference this weekend. And the guy that led worship, he just interviewed to serve with a, a, a new pastor in Oklahoma named Harvey Sparks, who was the first pastor that called me when I moved to Owasso, who pastoring right here, before Johnny came back the second time, and said, hey, Chris, I, I think God, God's put on my heart a question about maybe y'all, us coming together with you. And, and you know what? I think back of that time. I thought, Lord, I, I don't know, that, am I ready for this? But, but you know what? God is raising up this church to be 
living stones right here on this corner. And I'll tell you, storms are going to come, but we're going to stand. You know, doubts are going to creep in, but we're going to trust the Lord. Hey, we got work to do, folks. And you know what? Here's what I want us to do today. I want us to, as Isaac leads us in an invitation, this week's a big week for us because we're doing those blessing bags. You know, we're, we're putting those together today, right? Isn't that happening today? Um, these blessing bags are going to go all over this part of our city. Let's ask the Lord. Let's ask the Lord to, to, to open the door to people that are around us. Because here's what God's called us to do is to go to this place. Let's ask the Lord. Let's come to the Lord today to say, Lord, use us. Here we are. Use us. Let's ask the Lord to use these bags. Whether Isaac's going to lead us in worship. And, and, and let's pray. As he sings over us, as he, and, and, and let's, let's just go to the Lord. You can stay at your seat or you can come down front. But let's go to the Lord right now. Asking the Lord to take these bags as this, this act of service to our community. And open eyes, open hearts. you're ready, when you, after you engage the Lord, let's end with just worship. Singing to the Lord as Isaac leads us. Father, our Lord, we love you. There are times we don't feel like living stones. I feel pretty weak. But I thank you, Lord, that you remind me that, that, that you're at work that you're raising us up, that, that we can come to you, the living stone. Father, you are alive today and you have called us to this moment, that you've called us to this place. And so, Father, as we, as we serve this community this week, Lord, would you use us? Would you build this church to be a lighthouse to the world? To this part of Tulsa. Our oh, Father, we believe you. We trust you. We know that the work of the gospel is not finished in this place. And we come to you, Lord, the living stone. We trust you. And Lord, we want to be honest about our sin. And we hear the call to be right with you, to grow up in our faith. So Lord, lead us. Use us. Move in. Jesus' name.